0: This morning, take your Bibles and turn to the book of John, John chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 16 and 17, which you may be familiar with, and we're going to move through the Christmas story today as we talk about merry and bright days uh, as we continue our Christmas toy series. And today is one of those days where we're going to walk through the Christmas story and... and uh, say some things about it I hope will help you as you kind of ramp up and get ready to celebrate Christmas in the days ahead. Uh, A a year ago at Christmas time, there was an older gentleman who was feeling his age and he found that um, shopping was a little bit difficult. He didn't feel comfortable getting out in the stores and so he decided that he would give the gift of, of money because you know money is great and so he wrote out checks for all of those people that he might normally have shopped for. He was going to put in a card and send it to him. And then in each card, he filled out basically these words Buy your own present, and Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, he enjoyed the usual, usual flurry of family activities. I mean, it was that time of year, it was festive, there was all this stuff going on people coming, people going, Christmas Day. It was only afterwards that it began dying on him that, you know, it just seemed like he didn't get as many Christmas cards as you. And so he's wondering about that, pondering about it. It It's mid-January. And so as he's kind of going through his office and kind of cleaning up his desk, he realized what happened. He was horrified to find out that he never put the checks inside the cards. (laughs) And so as people received the cards, they would get that note, buy your own present. And that was it. There was no money inside. And so for him, he saved a lot of money during the holidays. But it was not because he was having trouble wanting to give. It was just that he just forgot. See, this is that time of year where there's so much going on, so many things are happening, that it's easier to sometimes forget what's important. Sometimes it's easy to forget what we need to be doing. Uh, I love this time of year. I, I, this week, and as I've been in stores, I've been hearing songs like, Joy to the World, The Lord Has Come, Let Earth Receive Her King. Now, these are stores where there's just people walking around. Not necessarily Christians, just people walking around, doing some shopping. Um, the song that we just heard, I mean, uh, where you hear that line, haste, haste to bring him Lord. Some of you are singing that, and you're like, I don't know what that means. And you think it's from the deep south. Haste, haste, we bring him Lord. Ew, no, Lord. <laughs> bring him Lord, to little baby Jesus. <laughs> but we bring him Lord, and that means praise, or glorify, and we glorify him. But in those moments, what's happening is that people are immersed in the decorations and the sounds and the colors and the lights, and it's part of the Christmas celebration. I know that people complain about Christmas starting early. If you were in the stores this year, you saw that in July, Christmas decorations started going out. Uh, These little beast of ornaments on either side came out in August at Sam's. And they were gone by September 1st. Um, but we, we were there for you. We got them. We got them. We'll sell them on eBay right after Christmas. Um, and you have to pick stuff up early because they're selling out. But, but there's a reason for that. And hear, hear me out on this because this is really important. There's a reason because Christmas is what gives us that first place of connection with our Creator. And we live in a culture that desperately needs that, crea- that, that Creator. We live in a culture that needs that connection. Now, the culture doesn't know it, per se. If they don't know Jesus, they don't know what they're trying to connect to. But there is something within us that has a desire to reconnect with our creator, especially in today's world. And so as Christmas comes and as Christmas happens and begins to unfold, it seems to start earlier and earlier because there is a desire, there's a need, if you will, for us to reconnect with our creator. And so, in everything that we do, jingle bells, chestnuts roasting on open fire, they don't talk about the nativity. But don't kid yourself. This is his season. What we're celebrating is Christmas. And so, if you're one of those people that get out there and you're like, ah, I like the commercialization of Christmas and it starts too early, you know, you need to say goodbye to your resting Grinch face and get out of your way and start celebrating what really is important. We have entered a space where this is his season. And the world, whether they know it or not, are starting to look toward a place called Bethlehem. Now, will they see him? Will they catch a glimpse of him? I don't know. But I know in the music, they got a shot. I know in the things that they hear, they got a shot. And I know that if we do our job right, we'll continue to point people toward that baby in the manger. And you've got to have a baby in a manger before you get to Easter. See, there's others out there that go, oh, I'm not a Christmas person, I'm an Easter person. Because it's about the crucifixion and the resurrection. Well, you can't have that until you have a baby. <laughs> so you've got to get the baby here. He's got to grow up. He's got to die for your sins. And then he can come out of the tomb. So you've got to have Christmas before the Easter. You can't bypass one to get to the other. And so, this is an amazing, important time of year. It was back in 1966 that three guys who you don't know, Marvin Glass, Harry Stan, and Burt Meyer, were in New York City. And they were in New York and they were viewing a window display that featured uh, an amazing display of lights and colors. And they were thinking to themselves, what could they do with that idea? They, they were just mesmerized by the beauty of that window they were artists and so it got them thinking back to um, mosaics out of the 19th century uh, Roman mosaics things that they had seen in their art classes and so they came up with this idea this concept it was revolutionary at the time there was nothing like it and they introduced it to the American market and it became an instant success what I'm talking about is our toy of the week take a look at the screen (laughs) Right. The toy that lets you create beautiful pictures with light. Light. Light can be Work With colorful pegs that glow with light. Light bulb not included. Make people, animals, things and with refills bugs bunny or bozo the clown. Light. Light can be You can make lots of pretty pictures with Lightbright from Hasbro. Lightbright. Awesome toy. Fantastic toy, actually. Some of you were sharing your Light bright experiences with me. Um, Richard was telling me a few minutes ago that, that he burned his fingers changing a light bulb uh, on a light bright when it was when he was a kid. You know and it, the bulb goes out and you change it. It's hot and you're supposed to let the bulb cool, out, cool off. Um, Jeff Bloom was was reliving a painful childhood memory and so he set up a counseling appointment with me later this week um, because Jeff's parents never bought him the expansion pack for Light Bright that let him do Bozo the Clown and, um, and some of the other cartoon characters, and so he was sad about that. Um, this particular Light Bright actually is a Light Bright from uh, 1966, 67, and, um, and it came with all of the stuff, still the original packaging, and then, of course, the instructions that no kid ever read, but the parents did, tell you how to not kill yourself with the Light Bright because back in the day, I had a real light bulb in this thing. Now, today, not so much. LED lights, they don't get that hot. You can't get hurt. They're more like a flat screen now. We've lost some of that allure of the old light. Matter of fact, if some of you are advanced enough and you have a phone app, you can actually, um, there's an app for your phone. Or you can make light on your phone, so you don't have to go buy a light bright anymore if you're, if you're that kind of person. Um, it's a lazy way out, by the way, just so you know. Um, you won't get a lot of respect in the light bright community <laughs> if you use that, but I just want you to know it's available for some of you. But here's the, here's the best part of this, though. See, LightBright bright have these little lights. And you know the concept, right? You stick them in, turn on the light, and it creates a picture. It's the idea but when I was a kid, this light bright, they had a points on these things. Look at that. Well, that's doing a lot of holiday. Yeah, let's switch to this camera. You have it yet? moving. had a point on that thing. It was like a Christmas bulb. Yeah. People kill people in prison with these things shivs. This. And, and these points, sadly, have gone the way of the um, lawn dart. Now, in the 60s, when I was a kid, lawn darts had points. And you could throw a lawn dart across a room and hit someone in the head, but they're out, they're gone, they never coming back. Now they've just got, you know, little, little, little rubber pieces on the bottom, weighted pieces, and they're softer, and they hit, and, and no one cares. But they were weapons back in the day. These were weapons. You ever stepped on one of these things? These made Legos feel like a sponge. But you take these, and what you do is really simple. You take these, and you just kind of stick it into the picture, and then eventually, you know, you get it, and then you turn on the light, and it lights up. And it's awesome. It's awesome. So, this morning, for the next 30 minutes, you're going to watch me make this. Um, I no, it was already made. Look. Oh. Think of how dramatic that would have been if we dimmed the lights. That would have been awesome, would it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now we got something going on, don't we? Uh-huh. lightbright Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Lightbright became a toy that in so many ways just revolutionized um, the toy market at the time, it became a great seller. It's still around today. There is something about... <laughs> Christmas season, the anticipation, the toys. We hear the song, it's the most wonderful time of the year. We hear the song, have a holly jolly Christmas. And we hear those songs and there's something about those songs that communicate that Christmas is to be a joyous, exciting time of year. And I think it is because it is a season where God opens his arms up wide for us. But ask yourself the question, what would make, what would it take to make this Christmas for you? Satisfying. What would it take to make this Christmas for you? Wonderful. What would it take for you to make this the second best Christmas ever? Because the best one was the first one, you can't beat that. (laughs) So what would it take to make this the second best Christmas ever? Snow? (laughs) That's crazy. Um... Having your family together, Hmm, maybe. I've seen some of your families, maybe not. Um, Finding that feeling that you're looking for, that you associate with the holiday spirit. Um, Is it getting the right present? Is it giving the right present? Um, See, the problem with all of those things, all of those standards that we set for ourselves, is that they leave us disappointed. Disappointed. Because the problem is not Christmas, the problem is in our expectations. We have forgotten sometimes what it is that we're supposed to be celebrating, which is why we get so irritated that people are commercializing Christmas or having too good a time at Christmas. Oh, I think it's cool that people get excited about Christmas. I think it's awesome that people run around out there like wild people, not really knowing why they're celebrating. They're just celebrating. Because, see, the rest of the year, the world's so crazy. I'd rather them be crazy over Christmas because at least we have the opportunity to point them in the right direction. And so this Christmas, my suggestion to you is that you look for the right thing. And if you want to have merry and bright days, you have to look in the right direction. These two verses are my favorite Christmas verses. Um, And they are verses that you are familiar with and they're not the normal verses that we find in the Christmas story. Just like last week when we tried to put John the Baptist in the manger scene, um, this week we come again at the Christmas story. Um, but we don't start from what isn't necessarily a Christmas passage, although it is. And we're going to use it to highlight some things actually actually out of the Christmas story and some other places by the time we're done. Um, there was a little girl who was spending quality time with her grandmother during the Christmas holidays. And they were spending time together and they were having a great time together. And grandma was teaching her things out of the Bible and talking about the Christmas story and some things like that. And they got to the point where grandma basically asked her one day just in a passing conversation, do you have any questions about what we've been talking about? And so the little girl's question was this, which version was the mother of Jesus? And grandma said, what? Which virgin was the mother of Jesus? grandma said I don't understand and the girl said well was it the Virgin Mary or the King James Virgin was it the Virgin Mary or the King James Virgin I'll be here all night was it the Virgin Mary that really was her question I want to read to you from a familiar version of this passage for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It's a Christmas passage. God so loved the world, he sent his son. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. And so today I want to show you three things out of that passage that I think will be helpful to you, but before we dig into it a little bit deeper, let's pause for just a moment, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, there's so much going on in our world these days as we count down to Christmas. Here we are, and Christmas is just a couple weeks away. There is anticipation and excitement that is building as we get ready to celebrate your birth once again. There are things that are dotting our calendars that uh, are causing us to set our schedules and make sure that we don't forget what we need to remember. There are people who have taken their homes and covered them with lights and images and turned on music all because they're celebrating your birth. This is such an amazing time to be alive and be able to look around and see all that's happening around us. So today, I pray that we would go back to what are some very familiar verses. And in those verses, be reminded of what it is that we need to be looking for this Christmas so that we might face it with the anticipation that honors you, that our expectations would align with what you would have us expect, and that our celebration would be exactly the way we need to celebrate. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. First thing I want you to see is I want you to see that the lights are on, the lights are on. Christmas is an expression of God's love, and it was into a dark world that Jesus arrives. What does the passage say in John three sixteen? For God so loved the world. God didn't have to create the world, but he did. He didn't have to create you, but he did. And he's a God who loved his creation. He's a God who loves his creation. He's a God who loves you. And because he doesn't want you to be alone, and because he doesn't want you to miss out, he could have done a whole lot of things, but what he did was he came himself so that we would have eternal life, and so that we could be with him forever. Let me give you a Christmas bonus, and it's simply this. Christmas is a piece of home that you carry in your heart. Christmas is a piece of home that you carry in your heart, and that's why the culture starts decorating so early that's why it's longing for something it's missing a piece of home and christmas is a piece of home that we carry in our hearts and when you're a follower of jesus christ you understand this and so christmas in some ways is that home calling that home going if you will that that home gathering where you get to kind of come back together and you remember the things that make christmas so special the bible talks about the fact that jesus is a light of the world and think about light for just a minute what is light Light is the absence of darkness. And it chases away darkness. And it makes things that were invisible and hidden in the darkness visible. See, that's one of the reasons that you often hear that people push back against Christmas so much. Why? Because Christmas lights the darkness. Christmas makes visible what was invisible before see when Jesus says I am the light of the world and the light comes that means that darkness can't stay in that space anymore because where there is light there is no darkness and so when Jesus enters time and space and comes as light the darkness is forced to flee and sometimes it doesn't want to flee it wants to fight she can't fight the light Zephaniah Chapter 3, verse 17, interesting verse, because it reminds us of how much God loves us. It says, the Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves, he will take great delight in you, in his love. He will no longer rebuke you, but he will rejoice over you with singing. And I said, the 9 o'clock service, and someone was asking about it a couple times, a couple people asked me about it. I made this statement, 9 o'clock service, so I'm going to make it again. I'll explain it better to you, because you're here at 11.15. See, I'm better at 11.15. I am at nine. Um, I said that um, God doesn't worship you. This verse indicates he worships over you. Big difference. See, in Scripture we're taught that when God makes a promise, there's no other source to guarantee that promise but himself. So he makes that promise by himself to himself himself. And he holds himself to that promise. When scripture says in this verse, he will no longer rebuke you, but he'll rejoice over you with singing. Well, who is God rejoicing to? For goodness sakes, he's God, right? And so he's not worshiping you. In some ways, he's worshiping himself. He's worshiping rejoicing of his creation of you. So he rejoices over you. That makes any sense at all. Why? Because he's the standard bearer. And so when you start thinking about a God who is so invested in you, who loves you, who is so emotional about you, that it causes him to rejoice. It creates a reaction within him of praise and celebration. Not to you, because you ain't that great. But for himself, not because... He's caught up in his own ego. But because he's God, he's the standard. It doesn't get any bigger, it doesn't get any better because that's what it takes to pull Christmas off. And so God as creator, as the standard bearer, sees such value in you that he rejoices over you. And so the Christmas story demonstrates a God who rejoices over us, who takes delight in us, who sings about us, Ever thought about what kind of song God's singing about you? Is it a sad country song? (laughs) Is it a happy, peppy praise song? Is it 80s rock? He sings over you. He's chosen. To be a God who sings over you. Why? Because he's white. He has lit you up. The darkness now flees from you. When you become a part of who he is. When you link your life to him. The darkness is no longer within you. Why? Because he lives in you. And where he is, darkness cannot be. And he chases the darkness away. When the angels announced the birth of Christ to the shepherds. On Christmas night, in Luke chapter 2, this is what they said, and suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. That's the God of the Bible. Jesus comes and he says, God's arms are open wide. And this is y'all come you can come and know God now you have access to God for the first time in a way that you've never had access before he's here and he stepped into time and space and the light of the world has arrived. God's turned the light on. See light brights are fun but they're they're not as much fun when the light's not on. It's only when the light's on that you begin to see what's really there. Why? Because it chases away the darkness. See, your potential, your possibility, all that you were created to be can't happen, won't happen until his light shines through you. And so we live in a world where people are trying to do whatever they're trying to do. They're trying to be whatever they're trying to be. They're trying to become whatever they think they're supposed to become. But when they're doing it absent of God, they'll always be doing it in the darkness. Can't help it. It's the way it is. Christmas comes and turns the light on. And so when you see those lights at night and you go through neighborhoods that are all lit up, be excited about that. Because if nothing else, Christmas is a reminder that the lights have been turned on. And now we can see who he is and who we're supposed to be. The second thing I want you to see is that the pieces are yours. Christmas is also an expression of God's generosity. Uh, The phrase in the scripture says this, God so loved the world that he gave. Well, what did he give? Well, he gave us everything. He gave us all we ever need. He gave us love. He gave us redemption, and perhaps the greatest gift of all, he gave us hope. And he comes and he delivers all of that, and just like any other gift, we get to spend our entire lives looking at that gift that was created for us, and we get to decide whether or not we're going to open that gift. And we live in a world where people are making that decision every day. Hopefully most of you in this room have opened that gift and accepted his gift. The gift is eternal life, but that gift is wrapped in love, redemption, and gives us hope. And that gift is waiting for everyone that wants it. Will they all take it? No. They'll walk around and they'll look at it. They'll think about it. They might even shake the gift, but they never open the gift. And what a tragedy to live in a world where the gift is there for the taking, yet we never take it. Luke chapter 2 verse 11 says this, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He gave us a Savior because we need to be saved. And the truth is, we don't we don't have to look very far or very hard to find out the damage that sin has done. I mean, all you have to do is turn on the news. We live in a world that's just broken. We've talked about that so many different times. We can see the way that sin has damaged our society. We can look at the effects and lives of we, people we know, our own lives. And so we need this Savior. We needed the Messiah. So in Matthew 121, says, and she shall bring forth a son, and now shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so that's why years ago, in a little town called Bethlehem, a Savior was born, because we needed a Savior. Messiah. The thing that was prophesied throughout the Old Testament finally happened. And I heard Chris mention this earlier when he was talking about Why does Christmas matter and what makes Christmas so important? Where God takes the time to do the details and to make sure that every promise, big or small, is always fulfilled. And Jesus steps into our lives and he came to save us from our sins, but he came for more than that. He came to give us victory. He came uh, to give us freedom. Because we, for the most part, are people who are just bent, bent, Toward captivity. We're bent toward the things that just hold us back. We are uh, bent, hell bent, if you will, on a rocket ride to hell. And the culture that we live in is doing everything it can to race there and get there and try to be the first one there. And he came to give your life victory. He came to give your life something um, that you couldn't have without him. And so when the angel told Mary that she would give birth to a son, the description was this he should be great he should be called the son of god the son of the highest and of his kingdom there will be no end jesus arrives and with the light steps into time and space and is the very essence of god according to luke one hundred thirty three, it says of his kingdom there'll be no end and his promise i will never leave you nor forsake you in jesus we see the god his arms are open wide in our lives, we need that kind of help. Because to be honest with you, painfully honest with you, I see your life, you see my life, we see the lives of people around us, and left to our own. Gosh, aren't we a mess? We're just a mess. Some are bigger messes than others. But think about a mess for a minute, okay? Think about what a mess looks like. Let's say we were to drop something right here on the floor and it just spreads out and it just makes this massive mess. What do we do? Well, we clean it up because we know we're supposed to clean it up. So how do you clean up a mess? Well, anybody ever done this? And Some of you who've never cleaned up a mess before, this is good for you, take notes. When you clean up a mess, you tend to start from the outside on the edges, and you begin working your way in. You try to contain it. You clean toward the center. Clean toward the middle. Clean toward the source. And when you finally get there, you pick it up, put it away, throw it out, and get rid of it. And you've cleaned it up. You start from the outside in. That's not the way that God cleans up your mess. God cleans up your mess, and He starts from the inside and works His way out. In other words, God looks at the mess that you've made of your life. He doesn't start working at the nooks and crannies on the edges. He jumps right into the middle of it. And he meets you in the middle of that mess and he starts changing you from the inside out. And all of a sudden, God starts cleaning up the mess by pushing from the inside out. And all that stuff and all that junk that you've got in your life and all that stuff that you've got that you have to deal with, he starts pushing it away. And the bigger that God gets and the more that he has of you and the more that you begin to know him, he's pushing it further and further and further and further away. And all of a sudden that mess begins to get cleaned up, but it gets cleaned up from the inside out and it gets, starts moving to the edges to the point where it's so far from where you are and who you are, you don't even worry about it anymore. Does someone need to be picked up, taken care of? sir? Sure but see we have so many people that live their lives trying to think well if I can clean this up and I can clean this up and clean this up I'll finally get close to being who God wants me to be and then I can get serious about him and that's trash that's hogwash that is a lie that Satan has told you that the culture believes see if anything the Bible reminds us that Jesus stepped into time and space right into the middle of a big mess right into the middle of a Roman census right into the middle of a world where the Jews were oppressed they were slaves Right into the middle of the world where where people were thinking that God had forgotten about them. Right into the middle of a world where people who were outcast and had no hope, desperately needed hope, and God comes in and he steps in and he starts shining his light and all of a sudden the darkness starts to recede and he starts chasing it away. That's what he does with your life. And he's given you all the pieces that you need to take care of and become what you were created to be. That very best version of yourself. See, with light bright, it's fun to find older versions of it. But what's even more fun is to find all the original pieces. Because, see, today, because kids aren't, aren't well, they can't be trusted with these weapons. They're now little squared-off LED lights that are kind of square and they're flat, and they just kind of fit in, and they don't—they don't do nearly the damage and cause the pain that the original light bright created. But see, the pain was part of the part of the play, so I made it more fun. And in your life, sometimes God allows you, you go through the pain so you grow. How often is it that everything that we pray for is just the wrong thing? God, keep me safe. But what if not being safe draws you closer to God? God, make me happy. Well, what if your entire faith is based on that one feeling that never lasts? See, God knows when we're praying what we're praying, but God also knows what we need. And unfortunately, the God, the creator of the universe, because he's in the business of cleaning us up from the inside out, he'll take care of business and do what he needs to do. Because see, he's the only one qualified to do it because he's done the heavy lifting. There was a woman who was doing her last-minute Christmas shopping, and she was just over it. She was in a crowded store, Fighting the lines, fighting the crowds. Everyone had waited just like she had to the last minute. Everything that she went to pick up was sold out the day before, or so she was told. She didn't believe it, but so she was told. Her arms were full of bulky packages. She stepped into an elevator full of people, she crammed in and the occupants of the elevator grudgingly gave her room to get in with her packages and they're all standing in there jam-packed as the doors closed without thinking she blurted out whoever's responsible for this whole Christmas thing ought to be arrested, strung up and shot <laughs> and a few others amended. one lone voice in the back of the elevator said eh, don't worry they already crucified him see Jesus has done the work so that he can step into the middle of your mess and clean from the inside out so that you can become what you needed to be. And he gives you all the pieces that you need to plug into uh, that, that darkness of the world around you where all of a sudden he comes to that moment where when all the pieces are in the right place, once again it lights up. And the light comes on, and everything changes. Which brings me to the last thing. You also have the freedom to create. The freedom to create. Christmas is an expression of God's uh, mercy. Verse 17. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. But through the world, but through him the world might be saved. See, God gave us the freedom to become who we were created to be. He gave us the freedom to create. See, Light Bite was fun when it, you had the, 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 the packages where you can, knew what to plug in and knew what color to plug in. now yeah, that, that was good, and that's fine. Some, for some, that's, that's good. They need that kind of guidance. But you know the best thing about Lightbrite is it? <laughs> you don't have a pattern, you can create anything. Anything. And then when you light it up, it is unique. It is a creation that is all your own that no one else has ever made. And in that moment, we have all that we need to shine as brightly as we're supposed to shine in a world that desperately needs to see him. He gave us his mercy, and mercy is compassion or forgiveness that is shown to someone from the power, from someone whose power is able to punish or harm them. In other words, God is all-powerful. He could judge us. He could condemn us. He could do all of those things, but he doesn't. He chooses to deal with us in love. Christmas is about Christmas is our chance Christmas is that moment where his arms are open wide and we can experience life because we already know Paul said it the wages of sin are death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ we don't deserve it but we receive it and we live in a world where people are desperately trying to become something that without God they just can't be how tragic it would be that the people who know God don't ever step up and become what they know they could be. He has created you for so much more. And he's created you to celebrate this Christmas season and the days are to be merry and they're to be bright. Because he's come in and he's replaced the darkness with light. He's chased the darkness away. And he gives us the invitation to be able to come and to step in and discover afresh and anew what life is supposed to be like. Let me give you another Christmas bonus. The way you spend Christmas is far more important than how much you spend on Christmas. See, it's not about presents, you've already gotten the present you needed. It's not about how much you spend. It is about how you spend it. And when you spend it, and you honor God in the midst of it, you'll discover that you have something that you really do do need to celebrate. Little girl was 13 years old. It is in the heat of summer. And she walks into Owen Bradley's Quonset hut on Nashville's Music Row. On the summer day when she walks in, she discovers that the studio is dark. It's decorated with Christmas lights and a Christmas tree. And she's going to record a song. As a 13-year-old, she has a powerful voice. She had no idea whether people were going to like the song. But she recorded it and she released it. And the song made it to number one. Did you realize that there are only three Christmas songs that have ever reached Billboard's number one slot in history? Three Christmas songs that made it to number one. One is the classic chipmunk song done by Alvin and the Chipmunks, where they sing about Christmas and Alvin. I, I cry when I hear about Alvin wants a hula hoop. I, it, it moves me every time. Number one. Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. Second number one. Third song, actually went to number one this past week. The song was Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Recorded by a 13 year old girl named Brenda Lee. Brenda Lee is now 78 years old. It took 65 years for her song to climb the charts and get to number one. And this week, it hit number one. Now, if you think about that, that's amazing. It breaks a number of records. It breaks a record for the longest song that's ever been released. The number of years it took to get to number one, but it made it. And so she got to enjoy that, and she actually released a video this week. If you saw that, at seventy-eight singing her song, which is kind of fun to watch. But you ever think about why? Because I've told you why. Christmas lasts. See, Christmas endures. Our culture is always trying to connect with the Creator, and that's what we celebrate this Christmas. We have everything that we need, the lights are on, and we have the freedom to create and become whatever it is that God has created for us to be, the real question for us is will we step up and do it? Because if you know Jesus, you have every reason to celebrate with a passion and a purpose. If you don't know Jesus, this is the time. This is your moment. This is what you've been waiting for. Let's pray together. God, you're a God who loves. You're a God who gives. And you're a God who forgives. And that's why Christmas is the best thing ever. And once again, we find ourselves celebrating this time of year. We realize that there are some people who are caught up in the midst of the celebration and have no idea why they're celebrating. But, Lord, all around them, they're hearing it. And maybe, just maybe, they're hearing it from us. And, Lord, my prayer this day is for anyone who doesn't know you, who's never made that decision to believe and trust and follow Jesus, whether they're here or watching us online, I pray that this would be their moment to decide so, God, I I just ask that you would help them to do the ABCs. That they would accept the gift that you have offered. They would believe the things that you have promised are true. They'll believe that you came and died for our sins. That you came back to life and paid the price for our sins so we could have eternal life. They would believe that there's a better life with you than find anywhere else. And that they would finally choose to follow you. A, B, C. Lord, anyone who's here who does that this morning, I pray that before they walk out the door, they would just drop a note in our giving kiosk and let us know that that's the decision we made. To watching online, I pray that they would send us an email to the email address that's on the screen. And let us know that that's the choice they want to make today. But, Lord, for some in this room, for some, we've made that choice. But for us, Christmas and our celebration of Christmas is all over the planet. We're scattered, we're stretched, we haven't thought about what it is we're doing and we certainly haven't taken the time to understand what you've done has given us the greatest gift of all. Your love, your redemption, and hope and your light has chased away the darkness. And so much of the battle that we see happening in the world around us is when darkness is fighting not to be extinguished. But that's what light does. So God, help us to shine. Help us to celebrate. Help us to be who we were created to be. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Lightbrights are incredible things. As a matter of fact, uh, some of the greatest works of art have been created on Lightbright. Take a look at the screen. <coughs> and one more. Look at that. And of course, the great Welcome Santa from the uh, movie Elf. See, you never know what God wants to do with you. you never know each one of us unique each one of us different each one of us in the process of becoming and yet the light has been turned on and you can become something far greater with him because of Christmas and so let your light shine this week shine brightly in a world that needs to see his light